0: It's the Hall of Faith, life examples of how to live out our faith. Join us as we take a look at Abraham, obeying the call of God, coming up next. For me, as a young boy growing up, I could only get through about three innings of baseball before I had to grab my ball and mitt and go out into the backyard and pretend that I was Sandy Koufax throwing pitches against our brick wall in the backyard. Examples are always encouraging, aren't they? And that's exactly what the writer of Hebrews is communicating here in chapter 11 of Hebrews. By faith, Abraham obeyed the call of God. We're looking at examples of faith lived out Here on Truth For Today with Pastor Emeritus Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Here's Pastor Phil now with today's program.
1: How does faith behave? How does faith act? God told us in Hebrews 11.1 that faith in God, trust in God, is the foundation of the lives of God's people. And through it, they're able to believe for things in the future. And things their eye has never yet beheld has become visible in a strange way. Without ever having seen Christ as Thomas did in a physical body, faith has made Christ real enough to us that though we've not seen him, we believe in him and we shall see him. And faith has made that real to us. Now, the writer is going to pick up lives and show you how that faith worked. He picked Noah, built an ark by faith. Enoch walked with God by faith. Abel brought the right sacrifice with the right attitude by faith. And now we go to the father of the faithful called Abraham. And what we'll do is read the text. And it really is a summary of Genesis 12 through chapter about 26. I think Abraham dies in 26. And so it takes that segment of the Genesis narrative on Abraham. And we'll pick up three key events in his life that illustrate what faith does. And what faith did in this man. So let us read beginning at verse 8. By faith, Abraham obeyed. I think that needs to resonate with this. Does your faith obey? Does your faith obey? Faith that does not obey is faith that does not save. Faith obeys God. If you say, you love me, don't say, I love you, love you, love you, love you, Jesus. You say, Do what I tell you. Seems a little bit non-romantic, doesn't it? Just do what I say. Just do what I say. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob Heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead, If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave directions concerning his bones. This is faith in the life of the patriarchs. Let's get the setting. Genesis 1 six days of creation. Genesis 2, a retelling of the story with added detail. The woman is made in that narrative, and detail is given. Chapter 3 of Genesis, the fall of man and the curse that came. Chapter 4, Abel is slain by Cain, and Cain is rejected by God. Chapter 5, Enoch walks with God. And before he dies, he has a son, Methuselah, whose name basically means with his death comes judgment. And with the death of Methuselah came the flood. Genesis 6, 7, 8, and 9, the flood, and then the sons of Noah scattering, Ham, Japheth, and Shem. And they scatter. But then We get a table of the nations in chapter 10, where all the nations that came out of these three sons wind up going. Chapter 11, instead of the nations scattering, as God told them, there was a world ecumenical movement to bring them all together in one project. And the project was, let's build a road to heaven without God. It was a big ziggurat. It was a building program to reach into the heavens, and they built on it. It was a one-world religion. We can get from here to there on our own. And so when we talk about Babel, Babylon, it is the confusion of the nations. God comes down. He confuses the language of all the nations, and we have not understood each other since. Chapter 12, God starting all over with the human race. We end with Noah, three sons. Where is the faith to be found on the earth? Where is a man that worships the true and living God? I don't think you find it in chapter 10. And all of a sudden, on the pages of Scripture a character emerges by the name of Abram, whose father was Terah. And they lived in Ur of Chaldea, down by Babylon. And all of a sudden, you hear this character that God calls him to leave his home country. He probably had a house, could have had a business. He was obviously of a prosperous sort. He prospered all of his life. And all of a sudden, God says in Genesis 12, Abram, get up and leave the land you're in and go to a place I will show you. And I'll make a great name of you. I'll give you land that as Genesis develops, he keeps giving the borders And I will bless you to have a nation come out of you. And besides that, out of your loins shall come one who will bless the nations. There was no Jewish nation up to now. He was a pagan Gentile, as it were. According to Joshua 24, he came from a long line of moon worshipers. His family was idolaters. There was no Billy Graham down there in Ur. There was no radio preachers. There were no books. There was no Bible. How in the world does a moon worshiper ever get addressed and called by God? God sovereignly comes down and he talks to this moon worshiper, idolater, and says, I'm going to reveal through you the one true and living God, and through you shall come a Messiah that will be the salvation of the nations. When God called him, guess what he did? He moved out. And if you'd seen him 10 miles out of Ur, and you come up to him and said, would you please show me the map where you're going? And all you would have seen is a blank page. I don't know where I'm going. Well, you're, you're, you're a sound man. You come from a... A a sound family. You're prospering. You've got a good business going down here in Urb. You you guys are a religious family. Why? Where are you going? I don't know. Why are you leaving? God called me. God called me and I believe him so much I'm going to do what he said. And so you see that faith can take God at his word and believe him for a future you don't even know about. You can believe it. Did you know that Abraham lived in the land? And yet he never saw the promise of God fulfilled. None of his posterity saw it fulfilled until 500 years later. They had to spend 400 years in Egypt. He had to have Joseph. There had to be a Jacob. There had to be an Isaac. He never, all he lived the rest of his life, I'm not sure, but what the first tent he ever bought in his life was the tent to move into Canaan. He was a home dweller, he had roots, he had a house. He didn't have a 401k, but he's doing good. And he leaves. And all of a sudden, he's a tent dweller. And when he went in the land, he was seen as a stranger, an intruder. And people threatened him. They stole his wife. And but for God's intervention, they would have slept with her, but God would have none of it. And if you'd ask Him, What are you doing? God has promised me a city. Whose builder and maker is God. And he's told me to leave Ur. And I'm just following him. And there's only two ways you can track me on a map. Two ways. You can find the wells that I've dug. And you can find the altars I've built. I dug wells for my physical thirst. And I built altars for my desire to worship the God that called me out of Ur. Leap. Here's a thing you must know. God is calling men and women today in the gospel to leave the world and all of its pleasures behind. We used to sing a song, I envy not the world and all of its dazzling charm. For I've made up my mind to serve God. Here's this man, he's walking by faith. He's moving from place to place. When Lot even gets in a fight with him. And About, I'm not getting enough land. I don't have enough space for my sheep. Guess what he says? Lot, pick any of the land you want. You can have it. I'm on a journey. I'm not in love with land. I'm not in love with herds. Pick it, Lot. And Lot, walking by sight, Pick the best watered plains. Pick the best of the land. And here he's the nephew of Abram. He's not entitled to it. God promised it to Abram, not to Lot. He lets him have it. Chapter 14, he goes out, rescues Lot from the kings of Sodom that captured him and all of his family and his goods. And Abraham goes out with his servants. He had 400 of them in his house. They go down. They rescue Lot. Get everything back. And then the king rides out. And when he's coming back, he rescued this king. And the king comes up to Abram. And he said, here, you take all the spoils you want. You're a rescuer. You're a deliverer. Take all you want. Abram said, let my servants have what they want. To reward them for their effort. But as for me. Never let it be said. I took a shoestring from this battle. For when I am prospered. I don't want it to be said. The king of Sodom did it. I want it to be said. The God of Abraham prospered me. I don't want a shoestring. You get to offer. Because you see. I'm looking for a city. That's beyond even Canaan. And in my lifetime, I'll never see Canaan occupied. I will never see my ancestors take possession. That won't happen until Joshua. That won't happen until the Pharaoh has enslaved my people for 400 years. It's a long ways off. And he died in hope. He died in faith. I will see the city someday. And the skeptic said, you crazy old man. You died still believing God promised you a city. And he would say, yes. And when you see him in heaven, and when you saw him in Luke 16, the poor man was in the bosom of Abraham in paradise. He's already getting a glimpse of that city. You see, faith will enable you to see heaven a thousand times before you ever get there. A thousand times. I haven't landed yet, but I will. It's certain. It is certain. I kiddingly tell people if you get there, you don't see me, you're in the wrong place. I will be there. Glory to his name. God calls a people. Did you know what your name in the Bible is? One of the names for Christians in the Bible. Is this. They turned it into a noun. You are the called ones of God. You know what the word church means? It's made up of two words. Get this. Ek. Our word exit. We get it from this. Ek. Out of. Is the Greek word. It's an epsilon, kappa. And the kaleo. In Greek it'd be kappa, alpha, lambda. Then an epsilon and an omega. Kaleo. To call. Our name Is we are the people who've been called out. You remember what Jesus said in the upper room. Father, I pray not for the world. I pray for these you've called out of the world. They're still in it geographically. But they're no longer out of it as to source. Ek means source many times. So where am I from? I am a heavenly person in Christ. He said, you will live like an alien and a stranger and a pilgrim because you could tell this world, my politics aren't here. My permanent home's not here. I'm living anywhere God wants me to geographically until I get the real home I've been promised. I'm just passing through. That's the care. And it goes all the way back to Abraham and the patriarchs. The, the, The Canaanites didn't welcome them. They fought them. They opposed them. But he said, I obeyed God when he called me. I ask you, are you obeying the call of God to follow him and to do whatever he says? You say, well, I've never heard God audibly talk. I know I was talking with Matt Nicosia that day, and I was talking about God's voice. He said, well, do we really hear God's voice today? I said, I don't know. Maybe you're not a sheep. My sheep don't hear my voice. What? My sheep don't hear my voice. What do they hear? They hear God's voice. They hear God's voice. Now, you, now some of you folks, God's telling you a lot of stuff that isn't God. You, you're just mixed up. God told me this, God told me that, God, I get so tired. You know, if you can't quote the verse where he said it, now you've got a voice. The voice has been recorded. God only talked to Abraham about four times in his whole life, audibly, audibly. Guess what? God will talk to you every day in this, every day. Today, if you will hear his voice harden not your heart, but rather believe, Hebrews 3.13. I asked my dad one time, I wanted to become a prophet, because I was running with these Pentecostals, and I was a tongue-talker, Now I want to be a prophet. That's the greater gift. I said, Dad, how could I become a prophet? He said, a good place to start is memorize the prophets. I said, what did you say? Say that again. He said, memorize the prophets. I said, you don't mean Isaiah. Yeah, I mean Isaiah. The 66 chapters, get started. You'll be real close to being a prophet. What? You mean you gotta read it? You gotta learn it? Yeah. Yeah, become a prophet. Then start on Ezekiel, there's about fifty-four chapters. Then get to Jeremiah 52 chapters. Whoa, I don't want to be a prophet. I'm plenty happy. I'm plenty happy. I'll let this speak. Are you hearing his voice? It's why this world wants you to hear every other voice, but he's calling. He's calling people to salvation. He's calling people to himself. He goes on. And after this, he says something to him. That's the call. Then there's a child in his life. Notice verse 11. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive. Even when she was past the age. She was 90, but she was barren all of her life. Since she considered him faithful who had promised. Now, in Genesis 18, she didn't have faith. She just laughed and God rebuked her. And she even lied to God. I didn't laugh. Yes, you did. I saw you laughing in the tent. It's terrible to lie to God because you can't even hide in the shower from him. He's everywhere. See, secret sin down here is open scandal up there. Secret sin down here is public knowledge up there. Makes you almost afraid to take a shower. You don't have any secrets with God. Who do you think you're kidding? Adam, where are you hiding? And some people are so dumb. and say, well, look at that. He didn't even know where Adam was. Oh, no, he knew where. He's got to give you a narrative. Where are you, boy? I know where you are. And she laughed, but here she finally comes to faith, and God visits her. You remember the story in the narrative. God promised Abram, chapter 12, a great nation would come out of him. Chapter 15, as the birthdays are rolling over Abram, he kind of scratched his head. He said, you know, you know, God, last time we were talking, you said you were going to give me a posterity that make up a nation. Yeah. Are you aware I'm in my 80s and I'm living with a barren wife? I mean I've only been following you a little while. I just left Ur, but that doesn't happen down in Ur. God said He said, You know, the only one I've got's gonna be my heir is Eliezer. He's a household servant. God said, Oh oh oh, oh, oh no, that's not the way I'm gonna fulfill it. No, Eliezer is not your heir. Well I was just wondering. I gotta make I gotta make funeral arrangements and make a will. Who's he gonna to go to? He said, "Uh, listen to me. Listen to me. Look up. How many stars can you count? I can't. He didn't even have a Hubble Space, you know, telescope. But just on a clear night with no city lights, can you imagine? He was overwhelmed. That's more like what I want to do for you, Abram. (laughs) And then Abram, instead of laughing... He said the famous lines of Genesis 15, 6. And Abraham believed, and in the Hebrew Amen, he believed God, and God immediately said, I will count you righteous because you believe me.
0: And this is Truth for Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Our time today spent in God's Word to encourage you to bring you truth for today. If you have questions or comments about our time together, we would invite you to write to us. You can either visit our website and drop us an email, write to us via U.S. mail, or give us a call. Another way to reach out to us with your questions would be to simply record them on your Voice Memo app on your smartphone and then email that audio to tftquestions at valleybible.org. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Our website, truthfortodayradio.org. And if you're writing to us, the address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. If you have questions about the ministry of Truth For Today and how we are funded to air on this radio station, we would love to talk with you. We are listener-supported, quite simply, and no gift is too small, no gift is too large. Whether it's a one-time gift or a monthly gift, it all goes back into the radio ministry, ensuring that it airs on this radio station. So would you consider that as you reach out to us here at Truth For Today? And then we invite you to come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.